Don't worry, be happy. I'm not going to sing it for you, but you used to have people walking down the street singing that, and we still have people preaching that. What is Torah's attitude? Would Torah preach, don't worry, be happy? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks. Growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcast. We're up to the Torah portion of Ayigash. Parsha packed with drama. Ju- Judah standing up, approaching Joseph to try to reverse Joseph's incarceration or threatened incarceration of Binyamin. Yosef revealing himself as Ani Yosef, that major challenge to the brothers, Ha'oda Vichai, is my father still alive? What were you thinking about years back when you sold me into slavery? As well as Joseph's comments to the brothers that I'm not holding you responsible. There's a God behind this whole story. Yaakov, being given this amazing news that Yosef is still alive, Yaakov heading down to Egypt, the reunion of Yaakov and Yosef. Eventually, toward the end of the Parsha, Yaakov's encounter with the king, with the Pharaoh himself. And related to that encounter, the Medrash tells us that due to the fact that when Pharaoh asked Yaakov, how old are you? You seem so aged and elderly. And Yaakov responded, reflecting the bitterness of his life, Says the Medrash, the 33 words of that dialogue created a 33-year deficit in Yaakov's account. He lost 33 years. The Medrash tells us, actually the Das Zikanim printed in many of the more uh, larger Chumashim, the Mikros, Gedolos, references this, that Yitzchak, Yaakov's father Isaac, lived 180 years. Yaakov lost 33. And Yaakov's going to only live 157. 147, I'm sorry. And the 33-year gap was related to the fact that we had this dialogue reflecting on his difficult life. You fetched, you complained, you don't value the life I gave you, you lose some of it. But, ask Chaim Shmulevitz and others, there aren't 33 words in Yaakov's complaint. The 33 words include the words, Vayomer Paro Yaakov, Paro asked Yaakov about those years. Why is Yaakov losing years for Paro's question? And as Rabbi Shmulevitz explains, brought in the work Otsur Satora, Yaakov is suffering a loss for those years because his external appearance generated that question. And his external appearance generated that question because he allowed the stressful situations of his life and the very tragic and difficult situations of his life, he allowed them to become part of his self to the degree that they affected his outer appearance. The stress, the distressing life circumstances took their toll, but for allowing them to take their toll, that means that to some degree, Yaakov on his level of spiritual perfection had the capacity to deflect the effects of those stress factors because he had the ability to translate those very difficult scenarios and crises and all of his years running from Esau and dealing with his father Lavan and the kidnapping of Dina and the disappearance of Yosef, Yaakov is expected to have the capacity to see them as all a piece of some type of positive. Either to see the positive itself, Gamzu Latova, maybe it may seem difficult, but it's really for the best, or at least the sages say there's another level called um, called Avid Rahmana, all that God has done, Latavavid eventually this will yield a good, even if I don't see a good right now, even if I can't 
perceive it as a good right now. Eventually, a good will come from this. For another time, maybe talk about the contrast of those two, but at least to recognize that there is some potential of a good coming from here. And if one lives with that attitude, then it reduces the degree that one is going to be stressed and impacted by the, the crisis at hand. And Yaakov, again, given the room he had for perfection, even on that front, is being criticized by God. You have not used life. You don't value life. You don't value the experiences that you've had in life enough. And I'm going to treat each word that's related to the complaint and even each word that reflects on power's recognition of the complaint, of, of the degree to which there's a, a distressing uh, relationship with life. I'm going to have one word, each word reflect on a year that's reduced from your life potential because of that. We can't all expect it to be Yaakov's, but this is teaching a powerful idea that when different difficulties come our way, there is room to some degree, at least to, if not at least to totally offset, but at least to reduce the toll that they take. There's a capacity for us to live with a mindset that is going to move away from the constant stress and the effects of that stress and to view it in a different light. On the extreme, there's a famous story that's often included uh, one of the Hasidim who went to his Rebbe to get a better understanding of the Gemara, the Gemara, the Talmud, that tells us that when one is faced with a negative situation, there's a bracha to be said on a very uh, troubling situation, but the bracha should be said with joy. And when one of the Hasidim asked the Magad of Mezrich, from the very, very early founders of the, the Hasidic movement, how are we meant to express that bracha with joy, a bracha over a distressing situation. So he sent him to Rabbi Zusha. So to go view, to ask this question to Rabbi Zusha, he'll give you the proper view on this issue. And he went and found this Rabbi Zusha and he finds somebody who is an incredibly uh, destitute situation and who has had great uh, physical limitations and uh, great trouble throughout his life. And he comes and finds Rabbi Zusha you know, the type of, uh, you know, stereotypical image of a house that's just barely standing and, and hardly any garb that isn't torn and uh, no food on the table. And he asked this Rebzusha, the Rebbe, Rebbe, the Magda Mezrich, asked me to turn to you to get guidance in this bracha. And Rebzusha says, I don't get it. Why would he ask you to come to me about a bracha that is related to misfortune and trouble I've never experienced anything like that. I can tell you about the other brachas that talk about fortune and good times and happiness because that's been my lot. Rav Zusha had so interpreted his own life's experience in a positive light, looking at it through such a positive lens that he couldn't see the negative to begin to talk about when is there a bracha related to the negative. Again, not easy, but as a goal to set our sights, recognizing that there's such a possibility and to try to take steps in that direction. The word Osra Satora, in giving some guidance in this direction, tells us to steer clear from worry. Daigo, worry damages the body. The Gemara actually in Sanhedrin. Modern medicine recognizes this. But the Gemara in Sanhedrin says, Lo Don't let there be worry in your heart. There have been strong people 
Kataldavia killed by worry. Worry is very damaging. And as he expressed there, the avoidance of worry can be a life-saving tool and um, generates a, a need to analyze this issue. Is that it? Simply don't be worried? Or do we find Torah literature indicating that there is a place for worry? There's an um, expression that is a huge debate on the exact source of this expression. The expression goes as follows. I'll say it once just to hear the poetry of it, even if you then I'll translate it. Ha'avar ayin. Ha'atid adayin. Ha'hoveh heref ayin. Imkain da'aga minayin. Ha'avar ayin. The past is no longer. Ha'atid adayin. The future isn't yet. Ha'hoveh heref ayin. The current, that's like an instant. Imkain, if so, da'aga minayin. Why worry? What are you worried about? Past is gone, the future isn't here yet, current is an instant. By the time you finish worrying, the, that instant is gone. And the expression claimed to be a, uh, from a classic Jewish source uh, would basically say, don't worry. And maybe in so doing, be happy. Huge debate as to the exact source, how far back this, this line can actually be attributed. Uh, many point to the fact that uh, it's quoted as far back as Ibn Ezra and it may not really be accurate. That's where it comes from. But there are those who challenge this line big time. I came across uh, one of the great thinkers of the last generation, Rabbi uh, Joseph B. Soloveitchik, Rabbi Yeshebar Soloveitchik. He writes about this line that this line, he calls it um, incorrect, he calls it sarcastic to say, why worry? He says, Yahadus, Judaism disagrees. Judaism proposes Ha'avar Yesh, the past exists, that's a reality. The future exists. And the hoveh, the current, is the gesher hamakasher, it's the bridge that attaches past and future. And therefore, we should worry. I mean, we've got to, what to worry about. Our past is a reality. And if we haven't corrected the past, we live with the past. And we have a need to accomplish in that future. And the current is the moment in which to get there. So we should worry. I would suggest. That's a matter of perspective and, and balance. And to that, I would suggest, based on a line that is attributed to the famed Hassam Sofer, where he said, I've met so many people who are worried and complaining that they don't have with what to live. But I don't find people so concerned that they don't have with what to die. And I think if we balance this all out by recognizing, if we are, like most people, focused very much on the here and the now, and we're focused on how am I going to get by? What's my physical health going to be? My financial capacity? My social standing? And we get very worried about each of those. What does so-and-so think about me? Um, what's going to be with my career advancement, retirement fund, my health concerns? But if we're busy worrying away our lives about all of those things and reducing our vitality so that we can't appreciate what we do have, if we're threatening the health that we're actually worried about, if we are damaging the system and therefore making ourselves less likely to be able to fare well at those, in those advanced years or to appreciate the assets we do have, that worry is ultimately both debilitating, damaging, and unnecessary. And as such, it's wrong. And there would be a criticism of living life with that type of attitude on life. Hashem gave us 
healthy bodies, why are we wearing them away with that worry? But on the flip side, when it comes to eternity, then yes, you know, we're worried about the physical realities in this world that are going to affect us for the next several days, weeks, months, years, or even decades. That is all exceedingly insignificant compared to eternity. And eternity matters. God says about our eternity that one should be concerned. As reflected by King David, Ashri Adam Tamid, one should be in a state of concern, of fear. Am I accomplishing? And that moment, regarding that, my past is a reality. And the moment is the moment to be able to either modify the past or use my past to achieve a greater future. And there, there is certainly, it's very worthwhile to dedicate attention, energy to the spiritual self. And for that, no criticism. In fact, in this work, Otsu Satora, when he makes reference to this issue of worry, quotes from the famed Rabbeinu Yonah in his commentary to Perke Avos, that concern over one's assets, they reduce a person's lifetime. So I'm busy worrying about my assets. I'm not going to have the lifespan that would allow me to appreciate them. And then he has as a note that in contrast with Da'agos Torah, that if my concern is about Torah fulfillment, oh, that actually expands lifetime because those concerns give me the capacity to accomplish things that generate the outcome that God is providing me more lifetime. Oh, you do more mitzvahs? You're accomplishing more good? Let me give you more opportunity for that. Da'aga, worry, certainly has to be very limited. Don't worry, be happy? Well, it very much depends about what. If it's the kind of laissez-faire attitude on spirituality, don't worry. Oh, I kind of don't worry about your past behavior. Don't worry if you have the opportunity to do good deeds. Don't worry about growing in your godliness. Kind of just take it easy. Well, that's very much a not quite. Don't worry, be happy. That'll be very short-lived because that happiness may, may feel good for the next several days, weeks, months, years, or decades, but not for the many millennia that follow. When it comes to the spiritual, there we have, be attentive to it. Have some worry. Have some concern. And get ourselves back on track. Let that worry inspire us to become more productive, to become more attentive, to become more godly, and have all of the potential for that future that God really wants to provide us. Putting it all together, very much want to avoid letting the stresses of life pull us down, wear us away, have us have a external experience, appearance that has a power of asking about our age and to be possible, find techniques, find tools to cope, uh, to, whether it's the, you know, the, the physical front, the emotional front, the spiritual front, to be able to let go of those pains and concerns and the stress factors as much as we can behooves us to do so. On the spiritual, being attentive to the opportunity that every moment provides and being concerned if we don't use it right, pulling these together will hopefully give ourselves the greater, healthier capacity to have more significant accomplishments in our lives and be the type of people who will aspire toward and be far more likely to achieve Eratachos.